Hebrews chapter 11. Let me verse one through three. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by faith or for by it, the elders obtained a good report. Verse three, through faith, we understand that the worlds were were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. That is the definition of faith. If you look in your Bible, uh, depending on what translation you are reading, the subtitle will say faith defined. It may say the definition of faith. But this is the definition of faith. I didn't have to go to Webster or the American Heritage Dictionary to find it. Uh, In fact, when scripture defines a word, there ain't a dictionary on the planet that can better define that word. And that word is faith. Faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now we've heard many messages on the word faith. We've heard many messages on this passage. And I want to take a little different look at this passage in conjunction with another word, and that word is trust. It's a different word. It has a different definition. Uh, But they are closely associated. And in fact, some would say you can't have one without the other. Faith and trust go hand in hand. And this is how I'm going to define trust. This is from the American Heritage Dictionary. Because I looked, and although faith is mentioned about 350 times in Scripture, trust is mentioned about 150 times in various forms. Trust, trusted, uh, in about 150 ways. But it never really defines Trust the way it clearly defines faith. Though it does describe and define trust. And so here's my definition. I think we have it upstairs. Trust is the reliance on the integrity, strength, ability, surety of a person or thing. And look at this definition. It's further down in the dictionary, and it says, a person on whom or thing on which one relies. And it uses this example. God is my trust. That's in the dictionary. That's in the American Heritage Dictionary. And so as smart as people are, you know, I was reading the other day that scientists have somewhat come to the end of themselves trying to understand uh, how the world came into existence. They have studied and they have theorized and, uh, and the evolution theory has been debunked over and over and over again that now many of them are turning back to scripture to try to understand what they don't understand. Amen. And so when you look at this word faith and you look at this word trust, how many of you know that even just today, all of us 
have trusted more things and more people than we have trusted God. Now, it's a scary thought. And you're probably saying, well, I trust God with all my heart and all my mind and all my soul. I guarantee you, you have trusted more people and more things than you have trusted God today. And the reality is we're going to do it again tomorrow because we did it yesterday. You didn't ask the train conductor, hey, you feeling all right today? You're going to get us from here to, to there? You didn't ask the cab driver, hey, did you take your meds? You, you, you okay today? <laughs> Things at home all right? You know, you're not feeling like, uh, you know. We, we don't ask those kinds of questions. We get in the cab. We held the cab, and we don't care what the name is. We don't care what he looks like, what she looks like. We get in the cab. You get on the train. You sat in that chair. Amen. And I use this example all the time. You don't know if maintenance got to that one. Maybe they didn't tie the screws to that chair. But we trust based on what? Based on experiences. Based on experiences. And so we have put our trust in the MTA, in the yellow cab, in mom, in dad. In our children, perhaps, in our bosses, in the mayor, in the president. You put, we've put our trust in so many things and in so many people, and I think we do it without even thinking. I was sitting over here about a year ago this time, and in my mind, I was going through something and asking the Lord, God, what am I supposed to do? It wasn't a life-changing thing, but it was a decision that I had to make. God, what am I supposed to do? I, I, I have faith that you want me to do this, but what if the people on the other end don't live up to their end of the bargain? Then God, am I going to be questioning myself? Did you tell me to do this? Because I didn't trust the people that I was getting ready to make a decision with. I had no trust. I had no experience with them. Are you with, are you with me? And so faith and trust, though they are closely associated with, they, they, trust really does require us to experience uh, some things. And so when we consider the fact that we all feel like we are trustworthy, okay, maybe you don't, but we all feel like we are what? Trustworthy. I, I, I'm trustworthy. I can be trusted. And let me, let me suggest to you today that just because you trust you doesn't mean anybody else has to trust you. I know this is hard, but it's, we're going to make it softer in a little bit. But uh, just because I trust me doesn't mean you have to trust me. See, I can't demand trust. You can't demand trust. In fact, God has never demanded that we trust him. Highly suggested. But he never demanded. Therefore, listen to this. Therefore, I set before you life and death. Therefore, choose life. 
right? He didn't just say choose. He said, therefore, choose what? Life, because God knows what's best for us. We are inherently failures. We are inherently untrustworthy. We cannot be trusted. Let me say that again. You and I cannot be trusted. And a year ago, Pastor, I was sitting over here and I was really wrestling with this decision. And I put the blame on the people that I had to enter into an agreement with. And I said to them, I, I, I said in my mind, oh, I, can't, I can't trust them. I, I don't know. I don't feel good about this. And then the Lord said to me, well, what makes you think that they trust you? Because you're so trustworthy. And it pricked my heart. And thus the beginning of this study. That's what the Lord showed me just the other day. He said, very clearly, not only can you not be trusted, he's talking to me now. I've never had to trust you. Think about that. God has never had to trust you. He trusts his son. And this blew my mind because see, if, if Christ is in us, if we have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, and we believe that the blood of Jesus Christ has washed away all of our sin and has washed away all of our untrustworthiness and has washed it away. When God looks at us, he sees the blood of his son and he says, well, you know what? My spirit, I guess, has to confer with that spirit. I think I'm going to trust my son instead. Oh, man, when, I, when, when that hit me, it hit me like a ton of bricks because it, 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 it bothered me for a moment. See, what do you, because again, you know, we think we are what? Trustworthy. And so he looks at his son. Look at Psalm 118 real fast. Verses 8 and 9. And I don't want to be up here long, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step on the gas a little bit. Amen. <laughs> Psalm 118, verse 8 and 9 said, it's, it's better, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in riches. Notice he doesn't say, it is better to not trust man. He didn't say don't trust man. He said, it's better to trust in the Lord. Because we have to begin to trust each other. And listen, if we're, if we're calling ourselves Christians, Christians at some point, we're going to have to walk arm in arm, hand in hand, and I'm going to have to trust the person next to us. Are you with me? And there are reasons why we don't trust. We're going to get to that in a minute. But at some point in our walk with the Lord, we're going to have to trust somebody. But it's going to be, but, but first of all, we have to learn to trust the Lord. Trust him with what? All of our what? Hearts, right? And, not, and lean not unto our own understanding, but in all 
always acknowledge him and he will what? The decisions that I had to make or was facing, it was that verse that popped in my mind. Man, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And so it doesn't matter if you're the president, the prophet, or the preacher, the teacher, just because you trust you doesn't mean people will trust, my friends, is earned. It's earned. And whether you believe it or not, or whether you know it or not, God has earned our trust. He's got an impeccable track record. He, he, he's earned our trust. Look with me, if you will. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, we just quoted this a little bit. You can write it down. I'm just going to go ahead and read it. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. You got to read the rest of that when you get some time. Because the promises of the Lord, in fact, we, we just sang it, his promise still stands. And what a wonderful thing to know that we serve a God who, listen, we serve a God who said, let there be light, and light has been being ever since. We serve a God who, who, who formed the earth with his hands, and, 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 and earth has been earth ever since. He, we serve a God who after he made man, the scripture says he, he breathed into the nostril of man and man became a living soul. And scientists are still trying to figure that one out. So God in and of himself is reliable. Say reliable. He is dependable. He is trustworthy. He, he's got incredible track record. And he is a, a God of integrity. He can be trusted. Here's the thing about trust. Not only can you not demand it with trust, it has to be cultivated. You grow in trust. And trust oftentimes is developed through trials and tribulations, through circumstances. Trust is often developed and cultivated. You ever been in a relationship? Don't, don't raise your hand. But, but you know what I mean. And you, you go from getting to know you, getting to know you, right? And what you're doing is you are experimenting with what? Your trust. You are giving a little, taking a little. Giving a little, taking a little. And some of you or some of us will go, you know, three months Six months, three years. I dated my wife four and a half years. Amen. And some people thought that was too long, but amen. <laughs> we were building what? Trust. And it's cultivated in this period, in this, in this relationship, in this dating time. So as it's being cultivated, listen to me. Let me run a few things by you. It, it is also being experimented with. And then finally, it's, uh, trust is relied upon in relationships. So when you think about 
the investigation of, of, of trust. We investigate trust in fellowship. With God, it's the same thing. We investigate, if you will, trust in prayer. We pray, we talk to the Lord, he communicates back to us, and he does that in different ways. Some of you may have heard an audible voice, but certainly he speaks through the church, he speaks through his word, he speaks through circumstances. Are you with me? And so we are then in, in, in investigating in this fellowship and, and, and in this trust. And, then, and secondly, the experimenting with this in courtship. And I love this one because in courtship, you try me, try you, try me, try you. And then we give a little more. I try a little more. I try a little more, right? And then ultimately, we get to that place where we find something we don't like. And this is where the true you shows up. Yeah? Because I've said it before here, personality is who we want people to think we are. Character is who you truly are. Amen. Let me give you the, the old example. You know it. You, you and your wife or you and your husband are at home and you're in heated discussion. Yes? Phone rings, right? You don't answer the phone with the same voice you were using a minute ago. Hello? And it changes. Every, everything changes. Because character is who you truly are. Personality is who we want people to think we are. Trust is cultivated or built in friendship. You spend time with people. You spend time with the Lord. You want to build trust. Uh, you have to spend time with people. You have to spend time with the Lord. In an old church I, we used to, I, I grew up in, they used to sing a song, I will trust in the Lord. Anybody know that one? I will trust in the Lord, I will trust in the Lord. Here it is. Till I die, I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust. So they sang it over and over and over again. And I remember as a kid saying, for goodness sakes, man, get on to the second verse. And the second verse was, I'm going to stay on the battlefield. I'm going to stay on the battlefield. And I remember saying, for goodness sakes, is there a third verse? But now I get it. It was a constant reminder. See, we learn by repetition. I will trust in the Lord. It may not look right right now. It may not feel good right now. All of the circumstances around me may say the absolute antithesis of trusting him. But I will trust in the Lord until I die. And so you cultivate this. You build on this. And so when trust is relied on, it's an eternal experience with Christ. Trust will affect the way people treat you. 
One thing about trust is that when it's broken, it's hard to regain. Elder Jerry and I were talking about this not long ago. When, when trust gets broken, it's hard to replace. It's hard to build back up. Have you ever been responsible? Don't raise your hand. But have you ever been responsible for violating trust? For breaking a trust agreement that you have with people or a person or even with God? God, I'm going to get up and I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to give you five minutes and then 15 minutes and then 20. I'm going to pray all day. I'm going to fast all day long. You know how hard that is. Tim Delina was here a little while ago and he was, oh, maybe I shouldn't repeat that message, but he was talking about how, how much he hated fasting. But then later realized that the benefits of turning over our plates, and not just food, whatever it is, whether it's media or whether it's uh, uh, Pepsi. Uh, uh, the benefits, the long-term benefits of seeking God, something you can't, you can't pay for that kind of, kind of benefit. Let me, let me, let me move real, real, real fast. I, I know I said that, but there's so much here that I know that I'm not going to stay within the time frame if I try to get it all to you, but I'm going to get it in here right now. You ready? Please see Buzz Hall. Let's go. It'll affect the way people respond to you. And secondly, it will affect the way others who are connected to them respond to you. Don't you know that word travels uh, faster, you know, sometimes just by word of mouth. It, 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 nothing travels faster than word of mouth. We live in an age of internet and media where it doesn't take but 30 seconds for people to have an opinion of you around the globe. And they don't even know you but they've got an opinion of you. Are you with me? And some of us are more concerned with people's opinions of us than we are concerned with literally walking hand in hand with the Lord Jesus. It's a hard statement, but it's so true. And we're looking for validation in social media and the friends list and all the other things. And we forget that at the end of the day, we have to be able to lay our heads down and say, I have pleased the Father. We have to be able to say that. We have to be able to say that we have pleased the Father. Breaking trust will affect your reputation. It'll affect you on the job. It'll affect you at home. Look at Psalm 31. One of my favorite passages because I've been there and I'm sure you have too. Psalm 31 verse 9 says, have mercy upon me, O Lord. I am in trouble. Anybody ever been in trouble? My eyes is consumed, are consumed with grief. Yea, my soul and my belly for my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because of mine iniquity and my bones are consumed. I was a reproach among all mine enemies, but especially among my neighbors and a fear to my acquaintance. They that did see me without fled from me. I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. For I have heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side while they looked, while they looked to take counsel. While they took counsel, excuse me, together against me, they devised to take away my life. Verse 14, but I trusted 
in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God. And here, the, the, the psalmist, David is saying, but I trusted in thee. Now, he's obviously referring to his own personal experiences. God has brought him through this before. God has fought enemies for him before. God has put him in certainly in the natural unwinning situations and has brought him out of it before. And so he's able to declare, but I have trusted in thee. I said you are my God. And, 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 and in fact, to say that, uh, to, to be able to say that, you have to be able to look. You've, ever, you've heard the phrase, you know, what he's done for others, he can do for you. Here's a man who has personal experience with the awesome power of God in his life, knowing that his circumstances should have overtaken him. How many of you know some of us should have been dead a long time ago? But God, some of us should have been crippled a long time ago. But God, some of us should have been hit by that train or that car or that bus a long time ago. But God, in his infinite mercy, we don't know why he sustains us. We don't know why he keeps us. In fact, songwriter said, I don't know why he loves us, but I'm glad he does. And so we walk through life experiencing heartbreak and, up, uh, and mountain experiences and valley experiences because trust sometimes is broken. But when our trust is in the Lord, see, every believer has to get to a place where they can say this. And over and over and over again, we have broken this trust. And over and over again, we have grieved the heart of God. You look through our scripture, the children of Israel over and over and over, and not just them, everybody, just grieved the heart of God. And yet, his mercy, he turns around. You know, when Abraham, let me, Abraham, the scripture says that before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham pleaded with God. He prayed, and he said, God, if you, if you find 50 in the city, will you, will you spare the city? And God says, yes, I'll spare the city for 50. Sad thing is God couldn't find 50 righteous people in the city. And so he negotiates as it is. He goes from 50 to 40 to 30 to 20. God, will you spare the city if you found just 10 people in the city? And God says, yes, I'll spare the city for 10 righteous left in the city. Aren't you glad that there's more than 10 righteous people in New York City? I am. Because I believe he has spared not only New York City, but he has spared this nation. He spared the world. Because there's still some righteous people left in our society. Romans chapter 8, 12 through 17. I'm going to read it for you. Verse 12. See, God, and I said to you earlier, God trusts his son. Verse 12 says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the, uh, the, deeds of the body, ye shall live. 
For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of, of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. And if so, be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified uh, together. I said to you earlier, his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the what? Sons of God. We have to be able to believe this. We have to believe this. We have to believe that God is, uh, as, as, as one writer says, God is who he says he is and that he'll do what he says he'll do. We, we have to believe that. Faith says, I don't know how God does this, but I am believing that he does. Faith says, I don't know exactly how a man or, or God himself can pour out of himself, pour himself into Jesus and still be 100% God. I don't know how he does that. I don't know how he remains all God after pouring out of himself, but my faith tells me to what? Believe that. And beloved, we have to get to a place in our walk with the Lord Jesus that our faith says, I don't understand it, but I choose to believe it. We have to get there. And just like faith, trust is a choice. I have to choose to trust what the word of God says. And the reason we can choose to trust it, and this is for any believer who's ever experienced the hand of God in their lives. The reason we can choose to believe God and trust him is because he always comes through. Anything God has ever said he would do, he's done. Check the word. If he says, I'm going to do this, he's gonna, you can rest assured it's going to get done. He can do it with you or with me or he can do it without you or without me. But rest assured, it's getting done. That's just how he operates. And so it behooves us as children of God to completely choose to trust what he says and to do what he says. Now there are four things I want to get to now that I believe are reasons why you can trust God. Look at somebody say you can trust him. Go ahead, tell somebody else. You, you can trust him. You can trust him. And the first one, the first reason you can trust him is uh, he is able. God is able. He's able to do what he says he'll do. He's got the ability. You look throughout scripture, whenever he spoke it, it came to pass. If he said he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, guess what he did? He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. If he said he was going to destroy the enemies, Jehoshaphat, you need not fight in this battle. But stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord. If he said that if you should go to the, to the cliff, on the cliff side of the mountain of Ziz, go there and stand here. You don't need to fight. Just stand there and, 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 and see the salvation of the Lord. This battle belongs to God. And sure enough, everything in the natural made that move insanity. 
But because he trusted in God, led the people in the fast, and went exactly where God said to go, and guess what? The enemies destroyed themselves. He, you can trust God's ability. We see that throughout Genesis. We see Jesus heal the sick, raise the dead, give sight to the blind. Are you with me? Uh, restore limbs. Yeah? Uh, we can trust him because he's done it. We can trust that he's able. The second reason you can trust him is because he is a God of great integrity. You can trust his integrity. He does what he says he'll do. Look at John chapter 10. I know I'm giving you a lot of verses and having you move around, but you're supposed to be doing that anyway. Amen. John chapter 10, verse 25. Scripture says, then Jesus answered them, I told you and I believe, I told you and ye believe not. The works that I do in my father's name, they bear witness of me, but they believe not because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I, give unto the, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them to me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. You can trust his integrity. Look at verse. Uh, look at chapter seventeen. Just flip over a few pages. Chapter seventeen, verse twenty. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be what. One, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. We have to choose to believe the word of God or not, to believe that what Jesus said he'll do, he is able to do. You can trust that he'll do it because he and the Father are one. You can trust his integrity. If he says, I and the Father are one, you can trust the fact that what? They are, in fact, one. And then finally, and thirdly, you can trust the fact that Jesus is connected to us. I'm going to flip over to Isaiah chapter 53. You all know this one. He's connected. To us, and in fact, always has been. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form of comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised. And rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely, for he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. 
Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. We either believe that or we don't. I've said that again. We we either believe the word of God or we don't. The the crux of our faith, beloved, is, is that we believe what the word of God tells us. And, we do, and as we believe it, we choose to walk in that. And as we walk in that, guess what we're building? We're building a trust in the word of God and in God himself that then we too can sing, I will trust in the Lord. That's why David was able to say it over and over. Even after he messed up, he was able to trust. Now, this is not a license to sin. Don't, don't misunderstand me. This is an opportunity for us to say, God, I, you know that I know that you know that I am untrustworthy. And you know that I know that you know that I blew it. I heard that over here. And you know that I know that you know that nothing escapes your all-gazing eyes. You know that I know that you know that without you, I am an absolute Mess. You know that I know you know. So there's nothing that's hidden from him. Nothing. And if our days are in his hands, it behooves us to trust him. And then fourthly, we can trust the fact that he is dependable. He never fails. One writer said that the failure is not in God. That the failure is in us. I'll give you a personal story real quick. I remember years ago when uh, I was uh, working with uh, the sheriff's department and, uh, and at the same time serving in the church and I, and I so did not ever want to be a musician. It just wasn't on my radar. I, I, I loved to play um, and, I, and I loved to play at church and mom kept me there but I didn't want to do this. This was not, this was not what I felt God was ever going to lead me to do. Ever. And I fought in my own heart, in my own mind, and I fought and I fought. And I remember the day, I mean, he gave me seasons of success, seasons of success with, 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 with starting a business and seasons of success uh, with working with the department. There were seasons of success, uh, but then they would always come to an end. And the one thing that remained, the one thing that was always there, is I was always able to go to the house of the Lord. I was always able to pick up this book and find refuge. And every single need, when I left the department and when I closed the business, I remember saying to myself, God, this is a disaster. This is going to be a mess. I'm going to be broke. (laughs) And I was already broke. I was... I didn't have two nickels to rub together, but I was, I was successful. I was doing it. And it was, and I'm telling you, every single time, every time, and I don't exaggerate this, every time God would come through, every single time. I, I got to the point where we were writing contracts before we went to a wedding because, you know, you, uh, you know you, you, when you agree to do weddings, uh, uh, unfortunately, sometimes... Uh, you know, nobody here, but the bride likes to come a little late, uh, like really late sometimes. And uh, 
I remember doing all these weddings and getting there a half hour early and setting up and, and entertaining, if you will, and I'd play for, and the bride, you know, they said the wedding was at, you know, 2 o'clock, and here she is, 2.45, and I had already played almost two hours, and I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> and I remember I said, we've got to start doing contracts. I told the guys at the office, we've got to start doing contracts, and we started issuing these contracts, and the business dried up. It dried up. And it wasn't until we pulled, I pulled back and said, God, you've got to tell me why this is happening. This does not compute. Does it make sense? And he came through every single time. The moment we put the contracts away and say, Lord, this is unto you. All right, so we got there a little early. Maybe we'll come a little, we'll wait another 15 minutes. Every single time, God came through. And in fact, without a contract, oftentimes we made more than we would have made with a contract because some because somebody because he placed it on the heart of somebody says I know I had you waiting for a long time is a few extra are you with me and so I had to trust him we had to learn to trust him and in, even in this walk we, you know make it be, being able to say God I'm going to trust you in a way that I've not ever perhaps uh, trusted you before God I don't want to be guilty of trusting cab driver or the MTA more than I trust you. I want to be guilty of trusting friends and relatives more than I trust you. God, I don't want to have the kind of faith that is built on what I can see. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. God, I don't want to have the kind of trust that is circumstantial with you. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about with him. And so learning to give this and all that we have and all that we are or ever hope to be to God, it enables us to be able to sing with confidence. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Just to know, thus saith the Lord, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you, how I prove you over and over and over. Jesus, precious Jesus, all for grace to trust you more. I believe that we need more grace to trust him. Because if we're honest, we haven't really trusted him the way we should have. I'm talking to me now. We haven't trusted him the level I know we should, that I should have. With finances, with family, with friendships, with relationship, with work, with you, And there are reasons why we don't trust. And we'll get into that some other time. But I do want to say this now. And I don't know what your pain is. I don't know what the hurt is. I don't know what the discouragement is. I don't know who let you down or who you let down. The Bible tells us that it is better 
to trust in the Lord than to put our trust in man. And so, in simple closing, I know that's, I know there's hurt to hear. I mean, this, this room is filled and they're human beings and so, you know, so this is not some prophecy. This is not God telling me there's hurting people. I already know that. We're hurting. And for whatever reason, you haven't trusted anybody. Perhaps you've found it hard to trust because you've been hurt, you've been pained. I want to stand with you today, Pastor. Uh, stand with you today a few moments in prayer that God can heal the hurts and the disappointments and your inability to trust because that's affecting your ability to trust God. The more we're holding this thing, it's affecting our ability to wholeheartedly say, God, I am trusting you with my life, with my heart. Look at me for a moment before we pray. Three reasons why we don't trust. And, that, and this is, again, this is as much for me as it is for you. One of the reasons we don't trust is because we don't have experience with people. And maybe in some area of our lives, we haven't had that experience with God. I'm not talking about, you know, one day you talk to him and he gave you some direction and that was, you know, that's it. I'm talking about the constancy. He said, if, if, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, then you can ask what you will. So it's that constancy that God is after. And sometimes life happens and we allow life to happen the way it happens. And we come up with all a whole lot of excuses for not spending time in the word and for, time, for not spending time in prayer and for not uh, being able to trust God. But how many of you know that we make time for what we want to do? And God so convicted me. He says, you make time for what you want to do. Make more time to commune with me. Because we don't have that experience. And the second reason we don't trust is because perhaps your trust has been violated. Maybe somebody hurt you. Maybe, you know, you've trusted some people and you've trusted some things and it's only led you to disappointment and despair. And the third reason some of us don't trust and get ready for this. It's because we don't trust ourselves. And the only way to break through that, beloved, is to learn to trust God. It's the only way. We have to choose to trust him. So whatever that deep hurt is, whatever that inability is to trust him, whatever is blocking you from saying, yes, Lord, from the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul, I want you to get it in your head now. You can close your eyes. I'm just going to pray. Father, we thank you. This was hard. It's hard for some people to even stand here. But Lord, you know our needs. You know the pains, you know the disappointments. God, you know the heartbreak at this altar. And so, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters because I've been there. I pray, oh God, that as we walk away from this altar today, 
we can, that we'll realize and remember that we can't be the kind of Christian you called us to be, the kind of sons and daughters of God that you want us to be without fully trusting you. And we know it's hard in the natural. So God, every heartbreak, every pain, every disappointment, Jesus, I pray today that you meet us at the point of our needs. And God, that we'll leave here determined in our hearts to let the process begin to where we too can say, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you. How I trust you. You've never failed us. And you're not about to start now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.